0: Hi, my name is Jeremy Jensen, and I'm a public school educator in the Denver metro area. I'm on a quest, a quest to learn from as many educators out there as possible about the innovative approaches that are making learning authentic and meaningful. It's a very different world today than when our current education system was established, and I've been incredibly fortunate to have had opportunities to get to know some amazing educators who are working tirelessly to adapt to this new and evolving world. One common thread among these inspiring educators, I've come to find out, is their ability to balance both a passion to make progressive change with a humility and understanding that they don't have all the answers. Hence the name of this podcast, Humble Badass Educators. It's often easy to identify what's not working in our current education system, but it's a lot harder to figure out what changes really are having the most success. I invite you all to join me on this journey to hear about the secret sauce from the educators out there we are positively impacting our landscape. In fact, that's the point of this show, so that these ideas can hopefully be spread far and wide. In this episode, I connect with Dr. Jason Glass. Dr. Glass is currently wrapping up his role as the superintendent of Jefferson County Public Schools, the second largest school district in Colorado. He will soon be serving as the commissioner of education for KDE the Kentucky Department of Education. In our conversation, Dr. Glass discusses how his philosophies on what schools should focus on have evolved from one centered on measurement and accountability to one of transforming the student experience to better prepare our youth for a continually evolving and globally interconnected society. He explains why he made deeper learning the central initiative for Jefferson County during his time with them, and how he hopes to continue this focus in his new role as quickly as possible once our current societal challenges subside. He also shares how there's a lot of agreement around the fact that deeper learning should be the focus, but the bigger challenge is seeing more tangible examples of what this could look like in contrast to our existing system. Dr. Glass is a visionary and innovative leader, The state of Kentucky is tremendously lucky to have scored such a forward-thinking educator. Thank you for tuning in to our conversation. Dr. Glass, thank you so much for joining me today here.
1: Thanks, Jeremy, glad to be on with you. And even uh, in this remote setting, uh, glad to connect with you.
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, I'm sure you're going through a a lot of things right now. I mean, our world is kind of upside down. Um, How are you doing?
1: Well, I, I'm doing okay. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Uh, they are. They've already relocated to Kentucky to get started on uh, school there and whatever form that takes. So that allows me to stay here in Jeffco and uh, dedicate all my time here. There's a lot of um, uncertainty and questions and. Uh, We're solving problems every day, but it seems like every problem we solve causes two more problems to come up. So uh, it's just a lot to process through right now. So it's probably probably good that I'm here uh, alone so I can I can really spend a lot of time uh, working, Um, but um, I'm excited about the transition to Christopher Hsu as the interim. I think he's going to be great. Christopher loves Jeff Coe. He's uh, spent uh, two decades working here. His family, uh, kids go to school in the district, and his wife's a teacher, so he's, he's a great selection for uh, my replacement.
0: The big question of this podcast, uh, Dr. Glass, is uh, to tell the listeners about yourself, what makes you a badass, and where does that intersect with humility?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about um, anything that makes me a badass, but uh, um, I I think that uh, throughout my career i 've been willing to take on challenges that a lot of other um, people have been afraid of, and I think sometimes taking on those intractable challenges that are really difficult or that 's the most important work that we can do and i 've always seen um, seen my my time as as limited that um, all of us have a limited amount of time that we have in any role, and the responsibility that we have is to do as much good with that uh, time as we possibly can so that's always sort of uh, that that mentality I think has freed me up to uh, try things to take risks to, uh, Innovate, um, uh, challenge the status quo. Sometimes that's worked out, but sometimes it ha- and sometimes it sometimes it hasn't. But overall, I think that that sort of um, mindset has uh has allowed me to uh, be an effective leader and keep keep moving every organization that i've worked with forward uh, positively Um, where that intersects with humility is uh, when you take risks and you challenge things you you fail um, more often uh, than you'd like and so you have to learn from those failures learn from uh, when things don't go don't go well or whatever idea you had was the wrong one Um, and that that failure brings wisdom. Um, and it makes you a better educator, a better leader every time you go through that. I heard um, Bill Gates uh, quoted as saying that uh, success is a terrible teacher. And I think that's right. Um, most, of the, most of the lessons that I've learned in leadership and in education have come the hard way, but they've been, they've been good lessons.
0: I think that that intersection for you is uh, pretty perfectly balanced. Thinking about your background a little bit, why education? What led you into the field?
1: Well, education is kind of our family business. Uh, my uh, mom and dad were both educators in Kentucky, and um, so I grew up around schools. And uh, you know, my my first memories were running down the hallways of uh, of the you know, community high school, or going with my mom to the school she worked at, or tagging along with my dad to uh, practices where he was coaching. So. Uh, I just grew up around education and grew up around schools and came to appreciate that connection between community and school, uh, and have always really uh, valued and appreciated that so that's what led me into the field. I think I always had this really uh, strong interest in um, policy and um, uh, politics and and governance and and sort of where that that intersected the intersection of a passion for education and a passion for sort of um, uh, leadership roles and and the political side of it has led me into the superintendency, which really requires you to have uh, some expertise in both of those worlds if you're going to be successful at it. You've definitely got to have some educational um, knowledge. You got to understand how schools work, what schools need, uh, what students need, uh, and you you are naive if you don't believe that these are political jobs um, and that there's tons of political pressures and values that are, uh, that are uh, pressuring superintendents in all sorts of ways. And so learning to manage that, learning about authority, learning about power, learning about uh, politics and how to balance that is, is it comes with the territory.
0: You've got quite the pedigree behind you. Um, you've worked in a variety of different roles for a variety of different states. I mean, here in Colorado, it looked like Iowa. Before you came into your current role as the superintendent in Jeffco, what were your biggest learnings about what we should prioritize in education?
1: Well, I've come a long way on this question, uh, thinking about what education should be focused on. I spent um, many years uh, working on and focusing on um, measurements and um, metrics associated with education, uh, based on the theory that if we could sort of measure and see learning better, and then we could align resources and um, accountability with that uh, clarity around outcomes, that that would lead to um, lead to better systems, better education for, for kids. Uh, also spent a lot of time thinking about sort of um, macro-level policies around accountability and testing and school choice and how that might be structured, um, but I think uh, based on uh, working uh, through, through those experiences over the uh, past several years. And even before I came to Jeffco, I really came to the realization that all that really matters is what the student is experiencing. And if you're not changing the student's experience in a meaningful way that prepares them for a complicated, automated, lightning-fast, globally interconnected world, then you're not really changing anything. So we can have all the tests we want, we can have all the rating systems and accountability systems we want, we can have all the school choice we want, I mean, those have been the major drivers of education reform for the past three decades, is work, work in that area. But we can have all of that we want but unless we're changing what the student is experiencing on a day-to-day basis it's not really different so that that was my learning coming into jeffco is you got to focus on on the student experience and focus on the student work
0: do you feel like the tide is turning in this way of like kind of moving away from this like metric and the measurement system of high stakes accountability and whatnot
1: i don't know we really don't know what's going to happen next um there certainly is uh, a lot of pressure and especially among policy makers and you know, folks at the federal level and at state level, they really believe in uh, you know measures and outcomes and accountability rewards and punishments uh, those are the things that will make schools better, um, and they come at it from a place of uh, oftentimes a place of equity and a place of improvement, like they want to make sure that our uh, black and brown kids or, or poor kids or kids with disabilities uh, that, that have been underserved in schools, that we have some way of knowing, are those kids getting the education they deserve? So that's why they, they like these measurement systems, because it clearly shows the discrepancies in, in outcomes among all those groups that I mentioned. Um, so I, I don't know that we'll see a major change among policymakers, which is, which is where the power lies. In making these decisions, I think certainly, in the field of education, you know people that work closest with students will tell you that you know layering on more punishments and more tests doesn 't seem to have um, made a huge difference in, in our outcomes as a system. We've had almost three decades of following this approach. Uh, we've given it every chance to work from like, uh, in, in terms of a policy battle, that agenda won, uh, like it's in place in every state in the country now. Um, and so, and, and it's had years to take root. So if it were going to be the thing that really transformed or changed education, I think we would have seen it by now. Um, so I, I think those conversations are are happening now. What's, Um, perhaps accelerating this is in the era of COVID, we don't have any tests Um, or we're not likely to have tests like we had. We're not likely to have accountability systems like we had. Um, And people are working harder than I have ever seen educators work right now. Uh, People are putting in incredible hours. They are problem solving. They're innovating through some really, really difficult uh, challenges that don't have easy answers. All of our options are bad. Uh, but we still keep showing up and working through this. And it's not because we've got the pressure of some past behind us. It's because we love kids and we love the community. We want to do what's right for them. So I don't know where the conversation is going to go. But I think there's a, there's an opportunity for some breakthroughs as we, we navigate our way through this pandemic.
0: In reflecting on your time in Jeffco, Dr. Glass, what would you consider to be your biggest success? And what would you consider to be your best failure?
1: Yeah. Um my, my biggest uh, successes in Jeffco have one, I think, been um, getting the organization focused on student experience, student task, um, and really transforming that student experience. Going back to what I talked about before, if we don't do that, uh if we don't change what the students are experiencing in a way that really prepares them uh for their future then um then, then we're not delivering in a way that that's getting our kids ready for that future so um i think that conversation has moved and shifted in jeffco we'll have to see going forward you know if that was the right work for this organization if it sticks here that'll really be the the test uh of time here or the test of my effectiveness here is if that persists beyond the time that i'm here uh, the second major success, I think, was passing the bond and mill levy. I think they uh, have already paid and will for decades paid dividends to Jeffco in terms of improved facilities, better places for our teachers and kids to work and learn. Uh, and uh, the supports around uh, improved salaries and uh, greater school um, mental health supports, expanded early childhood education, expanded um, access to educational technology, which has been really important in this transition to remote learning, expanded career technical options. So all of those things I think are going to pay dividends going forward. Um, I think that the, the best failures uh, that I've had, have uh, um, uh, th- they were the work around trying to get Jeffco Uh, past the partisan divide, uh, where you had these factions um, that were present in Jeffco before the recall, after the recall, that were here now. And I really believed coming in that uh, we could could bring the community together and stop dividing into us and them groups and start working together. Uh, I think that work uh, was uh, necessary, valuable. I also don't think that we got there. Uh, I'm concerned going forward about Jeffco about that divide is still there. Um, the factions just want to keep warring with each other. And, uh, and honestly, I'm, I'm worried about that for Jeffco's future, but I, I do think it was the right work for me and it's the right work going forward for, um, uh, for uh, Christopher Shue, the board and, and um, you know, whatever leaders come in place uh, following that. I also don't think that um, uh, you know i was long here long enough to really get that deeper learning work implemented. Uh, we we had basically the first year I was here we were following the same instructional approach that Dan McMenemy had put in, um, and uh, so that, that was the first year really building up uh, this agenda and and working on what deeper learning looks like for Jeffco. We only had one full year of implementation. We were halfway through a second year, and then COVID happened, which sort of wrecked everything, then um, put us back in into just just trying to keep education going in some form. Uh, and I know that you know what's on people's minds right now is less on deeper learning and more about how do we get school open at all? How does this, how does this work? How do we problem solve through all the virus mitigation steps and the technical challenges around uh, computers and devices, all the stuff that we're working on uh, right now. So I think again, that was a best failure and that it was the right work, but I don't think that, um, I don't think that we've seen it uh, fully take root and and come to fruition.
0: How do you balance sort of the ability to hear voices, uh, listen to opposing voices um, and still move forward with decisions um, where people feel like they have been heard?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Jeffco doesn't have a lot of wallflowers. Like people are not afraid to voice their opinions and and things they think here. So, um, and uh, you know, there's all, all been all kinds of forums uh, by which we gathered feedback and input as the Jeffco Generation's vision was put into place. Uh, there's uh, certainly no shortage of um, Uh, mechanisms, vehicles, all sorts of social media groups um, and uh, local publications, uh, messages that are sent out where people are making their voices heard um, all along the way. I think when we talk about um, what's at the heart of the Jeffco Generations vision, that we're trying to change the experience of our students so that while content knowledge is still really important, um, we also are intentionally putting in efforts to Uh, Make sure kids can collaborate. They can solve complex problems. They can persevere through challenging and extended difficult periods. They can adapt and shift to changing conditions. Uh, They participate um, as local, uh, state, global citizens. Uh, They they can create uh, solutions to complex problems. So we want to intentionally create those kinds of experiences as part of what kids learn. Almost no one disagrees with that. Um, The challenge comes when uh, we actually try to implement it and you have very um, status quo traditional education systems and structures that are entrenched. Um, And this these shifts in learning can be perceived as a challenge to that. Uh, So people want to go back toward direct instruction, go back toward teaching to the test, go back to sort of regimented and very separated uh, curricular approaches. Um, And uh, you know, I, I think if your only outcome is looking at the standardized test, those strategies make some sense, if, if that's what you're chasing is, is higher test scores. Um, but what we've tried to do in Jeffco is say the test scores matter, the test scores are important, the content knowledge matters, but it sure as hell isn't enough anymore. Um, and it hasn't been enough for some time. And really we've got to think about how do we how do we make sure kids have the content knowledge they need, and they also have the um, experiences to practice these skills so that they're functional functional, capable um, productive, happy, um, engaged adults.
0: Can you say a little bit more about the deeper learning and how um, focusing on that can help us achieve that end?
1: well the, I think when we talk about deeper learning and what and some of those concepts around all those skills, collaboration, complex problem solving, and agility, adaptability, I get a lot of head nodding. Yeah, people like that concept. They they recognize that schools need more of that. We have evidence and surveys from our business leaders here in Colorado and around the country that tells us that's what the workforce is missing. Um, so there's a lot, a great deal of agreement that that's the work that needs to happen. Uh, where the, the challenge I run into with educators is they don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, Some of them do, like some of our educators are fantastic at facilitating deeper learning experiences for our kids. They do it naturally. They've been doing it for years. Um, uh, The vehicles that we've tried to move forward around how that happens in Jeffco has been a lot through a focus on the student task. So the work that the student is doing, we think, is the greatest point uh, for changing education Um, and to focus on problem and project based tasks, so so things that are not memorization-based, not rote routine, not repetitive, but instead involve taking on complex uh, real world challenges that have some relevance to the student where they get the chance to apply the content they they have learned, but also apply all of these other skills so um, educators need more examples of that we need more connections with other uh, with educators who are doing this well. Where are the bright spots? How can we lift that up and, uh, and highlight it so people can get a, a more tangible idea of what that looks like so we're, we're, We need to rely on um, those um practitioners who are really good at this to sort of have their ideas emerge and spread um among the profession so um that that's that's the goal that we're going for and the challenge uh, that we face but we also run into um some resistance from our parents um, who want school and believe school should look exactly like they did it did when they were in school. Um, they are chasing GPA, they're chasing ACT score, or SAT score, uh, they're chasing AP credits, none of which are bad. I mean, it's not bad to have any of those things, but I can sure tell you that I have met a, uh, a lot of talented uh, and incredibly successful people who uh, school and the measures that we use in school taught them that they were failures. And then life taught them that school was wrong because they turned out to be incredibly successful human beings and fulfilled human beings. Um, because I, I think what, what school has been set up to do is say, here's a list of competencies or, or content that you need to acquire. And so we work through when we sort of rank kids and, and um, point to where, they're, where they're, uh, they have a challenge. But I think most people, when they become adults, they find out what their strength is. They find out what their passion is. And then they build a whole life around that. Um, so we don't like, um, uh, we, we don't tend to build our lives and our passions around the things that we're not very good at and don't enjoy. Um, so that, that's a major shift in, in education I think we need to lift up is what are the talents and passions that are within our kids, within our students? And how do we help the student nurture that into something that's going to be fulfilling to them and economically productive to them for life?
0: Dr. Glass, if you had a magic wand and you were to create the, the perfect education system, what, what would that look like for you? And how how would that sort of be different from our current system?
1: I think that it would um, be much more uh, student-centered and student-driven than um, than it is now. So we think about these individualized education plans that we have, or IEPs that we have for special education students. They really have, uh, they provide services and make sure that kids get specialized services, but it's also a lot of sort of box checking uh, and, and it's, it's bureaucratic. Um, I would love to see a, an education system that really looks at each child and says, what are this child's needs? What are this child's talents? And, and passions and abilities, and then how do we customize an education experience uh, for the entire time that they're in uh, elementary and secondary education that matches up with that and makes sure that they have, they're confident in the things that they need leaving our schools, but we've developed that student's passions and talents and abilities and that they're involved with where the student is empowered uh, in what that educational experience looks like we could think about how that's appropriate at different age levels as students develop. Uh, but the student is a greater, ha- the student is uh, has agency. The student is empowered uh, with some choices and decisions uh, through that. Um, and that the the education system worked to fit the student better um, rather than, than the student coming in and, and is struggling. And we just say, look, this is the model. You're going to have to adapt to fit. Uh, this education structure. So If I I could wave a magic wand, it would be an education system that um, where student agencies and student engagement um, and and, uh, the development of student competencies and student talents and passions were our prime drivers.
0: How do we get there? Uh, What steps would we need to take as a nation in order to get to a place that's a little bit closer to the student-centered, student-driven system? And do you think it's possible even?
1: Well, I have to believe that it is. And we, you don't get in the education business uh, or work in education unless you believe that a lot is possible and the future is brighter than we are today. Because uh, that's that's what drives educators is is our connection to uh, our students and our connection to the future. And we have to believe that the world is going to be a better place as a result of our work and, and the kids that we serve. So I think I think in order to get there I, I think places like jeffco i'm excited about what will happen next and see how this unfolds uh, you know jeffco you know we clearly put a um a uh, flag in the sand and said uh, you know we're going to we're going to make our work around deeper learning and we're going to invest a lot of time and energy into that um so we'll see if this is a large um a large education system is able to make that shift i think it relies on uh, clarity from the district and the board and the superintendent around what we're trying to accomplish so uh, that everyone in the organization understands that's the goal. But that's not enough. Um, you've got to have the understanding of that goal and the sharing of that goal with uh, our teachers, our paraprofessionals, the people that work in our buildings, uh, that they can see it, that they believe in it, and that they're working every day on uh, how do we bring that about, how do we make that a reality. So we can we can publish beautiful documents, we can make state speeches, we can have statements, mission vision um, posters, and uh, we can have all of those sort of um, high level macro system level indicators that this is what's really important. But until Um, our practitioners start bringing it to life and they're supported in bringing it to life it's not really going to change and be different so i think it's possible i think jeff co is on that journey and and i'm excited to see what happens next
0: how about for yourself uh moving forward you know you're you're taking on this amazing role now as the commissioner of education for the state of uh kentucky um what do you plan to do to influence the system in the right direction
1: well, it's a lot of the work that we're doing here in Jeffco right now, um, but it's continuing it at the state level. So, I mean, the major focus initially is get schools open in some form under COVID. We've got to learn to live with this virus uh, for some period of time going forward. Um, and so we've got to adapt. Education is going to have to look different, either remotely or in person. It's going to have to have to look different. So we've got to keep learning going. Uh, We got to keep preparing our kids for that day that's going to come in our future when this virus isn't ruling all aspects of our lives. Uh, That's going to come sooner than later, I think, and we got to work toward that. So that's a major priority. A second is uh, the work around. Uh, equity and anti-racism that you know we're starting as uh, it's overdue and, and we're working on here in Jeffco right now uh, but extending that work out to a state level uh, you get, uh, Kentucky has a variety of different district sizes some like uh, Jefferson County Kentucky the, is, is the district that serves Louisville that that district's actually larger than Jeffco it's got about 130,000 students uh, all the way down to some small systems that serve a few hundred students that are in rural parts of the state Um, So I think the the state agency has a major role in supporting districts on what that equity anti-racism work uh, could look like um, and uh, trainings, reviews, policy changes, um, but also changing hearts and minds of the students and staff members and community members um, uh, around raising up equity and anti-racism as a, a goal that we have to follow through on if we're um, if we can if we want to look ourselves in the mirror and say that uh, we believe all children can succeed we, we've got to we've got to follow through on that and then I think um, you know we've got uh, economic catastrophe to deal with um, that's been propped up for this year with one-time federal funds but it's we're, we're going to Uh, have that come home to roost and we're going to have significant budget challenges here in Jeffco and in the state of Kentucky um, next year and going forward that may be multi-year in in, uh, scope. So we're going to have to do some work around that. Uh, I want to eventually get get back to this conversation around learning. I mean, I feel like we've had these disruptions happen that have pulled our attention into these other really important, really urgent uh, areas that we've, we've got to work our, work our way through and process through and figure out. Um, but this conversation around what is the student exper- experiencing? How do we deepen and enrich that learning? How do we make the student engaged? Um, that's, that's where we've got to get back to and, and do so as quickly as we can.
0: Um, Dr. Glass, what is your big advice for people who who want to make this change Uh, for those innovators out there for those other humble badass educators
1: well um i always think that the people who are the most expendable are those that um uh, just perpetuate the status quo um so um you know i've always felt like if all you're doing is keeping things going the way that they've always been going um you're not really leading um, you 're not really contributing you 're not really growing uh, capacity, so my advice is uh, push push the envelope, uh, ask the tough questions, come up with a new idea, find a way uh, to navigate it. Um, I think about, a lot about that uh, that old movie Apollo Thirteen, and all of the problems that the NASA team had trying to get those astronauts back to earth, and you just had to keep showing up and working the problem. Uh, that came up so that you could achieve the goal, and I think that's what—that's what, that's what uh, my advice would be: is 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 uh, keep keep working the problem in whatever context you are, but also keep growing. We have a responsibility not just to keep things going the way they were, but to leave them in a better place than we found them.
0: It has been an absolute pleasure, Doctor Glass, speaking with you today. Um, I greatly appreciate your time here. Um, you have been honestly a tremendously uh, inspirational leader to me, um, and I know uh, countless other educators out there, countless other students out there. I know that your next steps are going to take you to a really great place, and you're going to be able to influence um, an even wider audience of uh, students and educators to, to change our system for the better, to create this innovation, to make these, these things more student-centered. Um, and again, thank you so much for your time.
1: Hey, thank you. Great talking with you, and best of luck.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Humble Badass Educators. Again, the biggest goal of this podcast is to share the transformative ideas of what can work in the world of education. So if you enjoyed listening, please take a minute to share a link to this episode with someone you think may also be interested in hearing these ideas. If you or someone you know is also a humble badass educator, I'd love to hear from you as I continue my quest in learning about the amazing things that are happening out there right now. Know that the term educator is not just school-based. An educator is anyone that helps another person learn. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Jensen with Humble Badass Educators. Thanks for listening.